Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you very much, as always, weekly podcast about films, would you believe? Uh, we're also going to be touching on TV as well in the future. I have a TV show to talk about in the coming weeks, so we'll be announcing that at some point. Uh, but again, really appreciate you listening to episode three of Joe Blogs About Films. This week, I thought I'd do something a little bit different uh, because the last couple uh, of films that I've watched and, and reviewed on the show... Um, uh, have they been quite positive? They've been they've been good. They've been good. They've been me saying how much I enjoyed the films, being Spiral from the Book of Saw and Godzilla versus Kong. And again, thank you ever so much for listening to both of those, but in particular last week's. Really appreciate all the comments that have been coming in, uh, and it's nice to hear that a few people have actually decided they're going to go and uh, and watch uh, and watch the film. So yes, enjoy Godzilla versus Kong. Try and see it at the cinema. It is great on the big screen. But yes, so this week I thought I'd do something very different for episode three, and uh, again something that I will be doing in future episodes as well, and that is. Like revisiting some films from well over the many many years of film, films that I've loved obviously growing up, or films like this week that I am not so fond of. Um, I thought I'd start with a film from 2009 entitled Knowing, and it stars Nicolas Cage. Um, <laughs> hey, it's uh, it's 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 okay. It, no, it's not. It's it's one of those films that I remember seeing when it came out and just being completely underwhelmed. And I thought maybe with a more, I don't know, older and mature self, I might enjoy it more because sometimes you watch a film after not seeing it for so long and um, your opinion might change on it. Sadly, not the case with this. Uh, the film itself, it's, it's a good concept. It's a good concept. Like the idea of these numbers that are passed down to, you know, a child that all add up to a certain disaster uh, on a certain day and how many casualties. Yeah, the concept, I think, is great. And it... <laughs> I just, I almost feel like if it had maybe a different lead, I'm I, this. I, I promise you, listeners, this isn't going to be 10, 15 minutes of me just slagging off Nicolas Cage because there are some stuff um, that, again, I, I do like that Nicolas Cage stars in. But for the best part, he is one of those actors that just does any film. Um, even I don't even know if he reads the script sometimes, but hey. There are also some pretty, pretty good actors in this film. Like, I'm a big fan of Rose Byrne, and she's in this, and I forgot about that, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Um, so Rose Byrne is in this. Does what she, she, she does what she can with what she's given, but her character, the, the way they... Uh, oh, it just, I remember what they do with her is awful. Um, and Ben Mandelson. Ben Mandelson, listeners, uh, may have be familiar with his work in uh, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, um, and also... Um, Go on, Ready Player One. And he's in The Dark Knight Rises. I must not forget to give that a shout out. So a great actor as well in himself. And again, just given this role that's just... He's Nicolas Cage's character's... Uh, I think he's his best friend. Uh, this is how good the plot is. I think he's his best friend. Um, he works with him. Um, and again, just 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 poor. The kid actors as well. I should really tell you what the film's about, other than the fact that there's these numbers and uh, that lead to these disasters. I mean, that is the plot. It just ends up obviously coming towards with the end of the world. Um, I should say as well, listeners, it's going to be a spoiler uh, kind of discussion on this one, uh, obviously, because I'm going to be going into not too much depth. I do have seven pages worth of notes about this film. There's not many good points, but yes. Um, so it's going to be spoilers, obviously. So if you've seen the film, great. If you haven't seen the film, I cannot say that I would recommend watching it and listening to the podcast because I wouldn't want anyone to sit through two hours of what I sat through. Um, but if you're not seeing it and you don't really care, even better, because we're just going to talk about it and it is what it is. Um, so I'm going to very quickly go over the kind of plot summary um, as best as I can, try and keep it as, as 
as condensed as possible. But it starts off in the 50s, 1959, uh, obviously, because um, the film came out in 2009, sorry. starts off in 1959. There's a girl that hears these voices, uh, whispering of numbers. She starts to pen them down on the day that they're doing a time capsule at this school. They're going to put a time capsule in, and 50 years later, they're going to open the time capsule, and the children from the 50s will have wrote letters for the children of t- 2009, to open. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? What could possibly go wrong? So this girl starts writing all these numbers down. She eventually that's what she is that's what's put in for her letter to come back in the in you know in fifty years' time. Um and there's this really odd sequence. It's like it couldn't get any more creepy the fact you've got a little girl scribbling numbers down, not saying anything at all. But there's a sequence when they're putting in the time capsule into the ground and she just stood on her own at the back with a balloon. And I was like, what, what purpose? And why is this girl stood at the back on her own? It's obviously for effect, I get it, whatever. But it was just so just so far straight away thinking what you're already if you're going into this film not really knowing what it's going to be about you're like so what is this then is it like a horror film is it not trust me it is not a horror film so we come back to 50 years uh, 50 years later 2009 we meet Nicolas Cage's character his character's name is John Koisler I think I pronounced that right or Koisler it doesn't matter we're just going to call him Nick Cage in this (laughs) because that's every film um yes so we meet his character he is essentially a widow he's raising up his son on his own um, and he's a scientist and starts off where they're looking into the stars it's wonderful and they're having a good old chat and um there's a slight little nod here towards the uh, end of the film which is that his son asks is there any life do you reckon there's any other life sorry on any other planet oh boy here we go so then after all of this i say the kid goes to school, he then gets uh, his letter, which turns out to be all these numbers, then starts hearing noises, uh, the same kind of whispers that the girl was listening to, listening to, hearing. Um, it kind of all goes, again, like I say, I'm trying to cut this as quick as I possibly can, but it goes from there. Nicholas Cage finds the letter, and one of the things that I couldn't, I get that he's, he's, he was you know troubled, and I get that he was obviously not coping very well probably with the loss of his wife i don't think he even touches on how long ago it was that she passed away but he's drinking a lot is where i'm getting at like he's drinking a lot like every scene he's necking one and it just got a little bit tedious at times especially to the point when he's watching the news they're talking about all the heat it's very hot for this time of year he's pouring a drink and he he's drinking that much he doesn't even realize that he's over spilling like when he's filling it's just on the floor, like dripping on the floor obviously he's watching the tv as well but i still don't buy it i was like come on mate that's just ridiculous like i get that we're trying to put this you know point of this guy likes her drink but please for the love of god anyways he then puts the drink down and i believe it leaves a ring mark on a certain set of numbers lo and behold he checks these numbers it like relates to 9-11 i believe um it works out that there is a number for there's a number for the date number for the casualties and he can't work out these are the sets of numbers just yet he's just not he's not he's not sure bless him he's not sure so it all kicks off from there he eventually does realize that these numbers that he can't work out are locations as as he realizes this he's on the motorway it's thrown down with rain and just a plane crashes right next to him and he's fine everyone else on the motorway is pre- pretty much fine but the plane's not it's 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 on fire um he then goes over to try and save someone there's this ridiculous scene of this guy covered in fire it's raining he doesn't stop drop and roll he just keeps running through these puddles and i'm like just 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 lay down yes anyways to the, to, goes on, goes on, goes on. There's these weird men that are like kind of stalking Nicolas Cage's son, giving him pebbles, wondering what the hell's going on over there. Find out that the end of the world is due. The, the sun's going to just 
throw out this huge flare. It's going to wipe out everything in its path, pretty much, including us, sadly. Um, it could have happened before this film, maybe, but still, anyways. Now, Nicolas Cage is trying to find where his son's gone. These men have taken him, and... There's also Rose Byrne's daughter as well. They've been chosen by these men who turn out to be extraterrestrials or could be angels. There's a lot of religious tones in this as well, like religious like nods. Nods, just it's themed at times with religion. They get chosen to go and start life again on another planet. They do that. The Earth ends. Nicolas Cage dies and everyone else dies. There's a lot of Independence Day looking explosions of cities and everything. It's destruction galore. These kids go off. They were taken by these alien folk and put on a new planet. And that's pretty much it. There you go. That's a summary of knowing. Apologies, listeners. It wasn't the best I know, but this film isn't the best. So it just was just like I say, a drag two two hours as well. When I first clicked it, I thought it was about an hour and a half, two hours it was and I remember just sitting through it like I, I couldn't I remember why I didn't like it so much and that's probably down to the fact that I, just Nicolas Cage I think that, that there's there's these as I say there's there's these moments where I just felt that he, he was almost like forcing these lines out and just everything seemed like a chore and like I touched upon briefly this this over need of showing him constantly drinking there's a lot of scenes and a lot of Nicolas Cage drinking um just it's almost like almost like spoon feeding it to the uh to the viewer to me anyways i mean i was like i bloody need a drink for this <laughs> so since maybe that was it maybe i was envious that he was drinking and i wasn't um but you know this this the, like i said the director i didn't realize before watching this but he he does uh, have like more religious themes within his films uh, alex uh, proyas i believe is pronounced could be wrong um but I just think that the balance in this is it's there and it's it's not overkill with it at all. I think that it's it it it's interesting at times. Like I I I didn't mind the whole homage at the end. The the children's planet that was on kind of represented Garden of Eden. But yeah, it's just there were just points in this film when it's it just got a little bit just so daft. Like everything was just either a hundred miles an hour or very slow. It's 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 it was just there was just. Yeah, it's not the best film, and I wouldn't really recommend it. I don't even know what I would give it out of ten, but I was pretty much, pretty much disappointed um, <laughs> with my rewatch. I was hoping that maybe, with as I say, older and wiser eyes, maybe that I might have enjoyed the film a little bit more. But it still was pretty, pretty terrible. Uh, I was just looking. At, I'm just trying to find some any positive notes that I, I actually wrote about this, which I, I mean there's just there's these moments in this film where like Nicolas Cage goes to find so the little girl that wrote the the numbers in the first place tries to find her she's passed away but has a daughter and so he goes to meet the daughter to have a chat with her but like he sees her coming out of his house of her, of her house and instead of just being like a normal person just like going over and saying hi you know what I mean or even I don't even know he's just you know you could have just left it in fairness but he then proceeds to follow her to the museum I'm like, why is he following her to the music? He could have just, she just came out of a house. Why don't you just go over and say hello? Or just go over and say, oh, sorry. Um, I'm, I found the, the, letter, the letter that your mum essentially wrote 50 years ago. I just want to chat to her about it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why he was like, oh, there she is. I'm not bothered just yet. I'm going to follow her in my car and see where she's going. And then I'll chat to her. It's just a bit weird. There's a lot of that in this film. Like, there's bits where these weird, the, these men that essentially turn out to be the aliens, they're following the kids in like this, in like a blacked out car window. It's all dark and they look mysterious. And 
I just thought it was pretty creepy. This is pretty weird. Like they end up abducting the kids at one point up to towards the end of the film. And I don't know, like I was like, this is pretty odd. Like this is, this, there's some <laughs> weird stuff going on here. Um, but Rose Byrne as well as say, I was so disappointed with what they did with the character. Like, she again great actress i love her in insidious i think she's great in those films and other stuff as well that she's done um but i just why on earth like they, she just get, they just kill her off like decide that we're just going to kill her off in a ridiculous over-the-top car crash um and yeah just be done with it kind of thing like and, that, and that's it that's after like being quite a significant part of the plot throughout the film i mean not even getting to say bye to a daughter i was like it's pretty harsh like this is pretty harsh stuff um some of the positives that I wrote down were that I, I liked some of the effects, especially the uh, kind of Independence Day looking disaster movie esque when the sun flare finally starts just obliterating and incinerating everything. Um, it, it, there's a lot. There's just so many different themes, uh, themes or genres in this film that kind of difficult to really wrap your head around it all. Um, like I said, there's like these religious tones, there's a the science science aspect of it as well. Like Nicholas Cage's Nicholas Cage's character's father in the film he's a pastor and the end he returns to his family and embraces them it's like he returning to his father this that and the other and and the, he's driving through the whole mayhem of people just going ape and he's just driving the only one with the car as well but he's driving i think beethoven's playing as well and it's this idea or, or this you know this this the sense that his greatest gift at that point is knowing because these people are like throwing everything, destroying stuff and looting and this, that and the other. Um, they have no idea that this essentially that is what is going to happen. They just know that they've been told to kind of take shelter and lo and behold, everyone just decides to loot stuff. I don't know. Uh, but Nicholas Cage knows that what's going to happen. So it's like he doesn't need to panic or, or, either, or even not allowing himself to panic. He just wants to go like, see his parents because he doesn't really have a great relationship from what I, from what we established in the film. He's he's a man of science. His dad's a man of faith. So going back to his father and embracing, I, you know, I, I didn't mind that. Like, it's just that to to get to where we did, it was just such a such a chore for me, never mind me saying that Nicholas Cage sounded like he had a chore getting through this film. But there's some nice touches in there. It's, it's, just, it's just not great. Um, Knowing, as I say, came out in 2009, um, out of 10, I don't even know why I started rating films out of 10. I should have gone out of five, but um, out of 10, uh, four, if that, I think that would be quite generous. And that maybe years ago, I'd have given it a three, but I think I'm going to up it and just give it a four. Um, if you've seen it, you probably will maybe agree or disagree. Let me know. But knowing for me, just not great. And amazingly, out of these seven pages, I've, I've not done too bad in uh, talking about it. So thank you ever so much for listening to episode three where we revisited Knowing from 2009, starring Nicolas Cage. I look forward to revisiting more films. Uh, next week, I believe it will be a TV-based uh, episode. Great show as well that we're looking at chatting about. That Yeah, I look forward to airing that. I'm also hopefully going to be seeing A Quiet Place 2 in the coming weeks, so definitely be chatting about that as well on Joe Blogs About Films. But again, thank you very much for listening. Until next time.